We are in 1 Peter chapter 4. And uh, this is this is a terrible chapter. It's another one of those ones that wants to talk about suffering. Who likes suffering? No? None of, none of you are into it? None of you are a bunch of sadists? No? Okay. I'm really not into suffering myself. But there are some things that it tells us. Um, in Scripture, it tells us why suffering is good. We don't like to hear that either, do we? No. Verse 1 says, Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose, because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Remember back a couple of chapters, and it talked about basically getting your mind focused? This is talking about taking up arms. When you hear that, taking up arms, what, what picture does that give you? Putting on the armor of God, right? That's something that we're going to need to do in order to go into battle, not only in our mind, but battle when it comes to suffering. Because we feel like it's a losing battle as soon as suffering enters our arena, don't we? We, we all of a sudden got to figure out um, that it is not only up to us to win this battle on our own. We got to sometimes, am I the only one? You got to sometimes feel like you got to get your brain back in connection with God, that he's actually the one in control, right? Um, Because that doesn't always happen automatically for me. Does it for you? No. No. And I I don't think it really, I mean, maybe Kathy, she... (laughs) I, she probably has that together. I, I don't. So I, I think, you know, if I was as good as Kathy, I would definitely be able to see, you know, suffering coming and be like, <laughs> and I would laugh at it. Do you laugh at it? I don't laugh at it like she does. So, right. So therefore, since Christ has suffered, though, arm yourselves with the same purpose. What does that tell you right there? That we're going to do some suffering too. Amen. Amen. We're going to do some suffering too. It's not like a maybe, right? And Paul talks about that too. Like this isn't really a maybe situation. You will suffer in this life. And suffering shows up in different forms, doesn't it? Name me some ways that suffering shows up. A loss, right? Definitely. Pain. Pain, yeah. An illness. An illness. Money. Money. Ditto. Getting old. Okay. Going deaf, like me, right? Elections, government. Yeah. Um, what about things that um, do you bring upon suffering all by yourself? What? I can bring some suffering on all by myself just by the sin that I choose to enter into, right? I can also um, deal with suffering in some of the same ways, and I think that that's what Scripture is telling us too, some of the same ways as, as Christ in that he was rejected for who he was and what he believed, right? I feel like this would be a good time in our society that we could say that there are Christians that are being rejected for their beliefs, right? And we can feel the effects of that from others that um, maybe don't get it, right? Why you believe what you believe. I have a, um, this is recorded. Um, (laughs) So someone I know um, 
had something to say the other day about, you know, let it go. It was kind of like that free love sort of, you know, if you don't agree with them and they don't agree with you, maybe be open to the fact that you're wrong in your thinking and that they may be right. And I think that sounds great until it comes to absolutes, right? There are some things that we know, according to scripture, are absolute truths that I, it doesn't matter how you coat that, it is not going to align with the word of God, and I can't go with that, right? Uh, doesn't mean I can't love you. Doesn't mean that I can't uh, be tolerant of your belief or, you know, anything like that. But it doesn't mean that I should change my belief because it looks more loving, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so he says here, because he who suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. What does that mean? You were going to ask me? I was going to ask Susie. Susie, what does that mean? Well, I, I was going to ask Jamie. Jamie! <laughs> All right. My feeble attempt at this answer is that... He who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. And that, to me, um, kind of looking at some of the commentary, was that suffering can be, in that purpose, can be that God would allow things to stop us from sin. Does that make sense? So we, we stop it because we get sick of it. Have you ever been in that place where you've committed something over and over again? There's a proverb that talks about a dog that returns to its vomit. Right? And I, I kind of look at that. God will allow suffering in your life to bring you back to him. And we will turn from that and say, you know what? I don't want to go back to the vomit anymore. I'm done with it, right? You don't want to have anything to do with that. That's my feeble attempt at that verse. Um, You know, somebody greatly smarter than I am would probably give you something way more drug out than that. But um, let's go with that for now unless someone disagrees. Nope. Okay. Verse two says, so as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. You know, who or what are we living for? We got saved, right? I'm assuming you're all saved. Let's assume that. Um, If not, well, let's have a talk later. Um, (laughs) But when we got saved, it, there has to be at some point, and he in First Peter's been talking about that. At some point, you've got to see some growth in your life, right? And we do those self checks that Paul talked about, um, David talked about, you know, self examination. And when we get to that point that we um, are saying, you know what, I'm no longer living for who I used to be. I have a new set of standards and that standard is Jesus and I'm living for Jesus and I'm trying to go this way now right I'm no longer comfortable hanging out back here in who I used to be who I used to be at 14 15 16 17 18 20s you know what I'm saying who I used to be um claimed they were a Christian but was doing some very contrary things right Uh, there was a growth period in there Um, but there was also a period of time where, um, at some point I had to say, I want to die to that sin, right? And I want to live for Jesus. So 
that is one of the things that we, you know, we, we have this word focus that we're talking about. That is one of the things that we have to focus on our life. Who am I living for? Am I living for God? Am I living for the things in the flesh? Which goes right into these next couple of verses. This next one, for the time already passed is sufficient for you to have carried out the desires of the Gentiles. That pretty much is saying right there, um, and I'll finish that verse, having pursued a course of sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousals, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. Now, that doesn't, that's not the limit of sin, is it? No, but I could tell you, um, that was uh, Kim at 18 years old in college, drinking, messing around. And my non-Christian friend said, uh, how do you call yourself Christian? And like, that stopped me in my tracks. And I dropped out of that college and broke up with a boyfriend and left because I was like, I was not living for God anymore, even though I claimed to know God. So he's saying, there comes a time that you have to recognize who are you living for? And there has... And there has been sufficient amount of time. I love that. The time already passed is sufficient. In other words, you don't need like a few more, just a few more parties. You know what I'm saying? Like if I could just get just that one really good New Year's Eve party and then, then I'll go live for you, Jesus. Right? I have heard as a youth leader uh, for years um, and even from adults, you know, like, well, as soon as I get my smoking habit and, you know, I get rid of that then I'll come to Jesus. Like, there's some sort of cleanup party that has to happen. Or, you know what, i got to get out of my party mode. I just need a couple more young years to sow my wild oats, and then I'll come to Jesus, right? We don't have tomorrow promised, do we? Yeah, you'll be coming to Jesus, yeah, no matter what. But, <laughs> um, but we don't have that tomorrow promised. And, and if that is, you know, one of the greatest messages we can give to people is Jesus says, come as you are. And he'll do the cleanup, you know, and it's done on his timing and, and through him. And then that's what remains permanent and actually sticks instead of trying to do things always in our own flesh. Right. So there has been sufficient amount of time for us to sin. We don't need to schedule anymore. I don't know. Am I wrong? Anybody got maybe that is a really kicking New Year's Eve party. I don't know, but I don't know. Have you ever been, uh, though, had your old buddies respond negatively to who you were afterwards? Yeah? Tracy, yeah. do you want to share any of that? Well, I had to start a whole new season of my life. Yeah. I had to leave the old life because the old life wasn't coming with me. Yeah. They weren't on board. Right. Twice that's happened in my life. The first time it was done for me because I was still in high school and making really bad decisions. And I was taken out of that high school, put in my bedroom, and the, nail, the nails went into the window. <laughs> the food got chucked in and the door slammed. You know? <laughs> uh, but in that time, I was, that was before there were cell phones. Isn't that crazy, right? Right? Uh, so there was no phone in the room. I couldn't call my buddies anymore. They couldn't come over. I couldn't go there. You know, I had no transportation. Um, so my life changed for me. My parents did it, right? The second time, again, let's say I got, 
I actually got put into a Christian school, and that was a punishment. And um, they laughed about that. And then I became a Christian. <laughs> and let me tell you what happened. Um, once I became a Christian, the person that opposed it the most was my dad. My dad was, first of all, never on board. His, his idea of me going would be the Catholic school, and that was because he was hoping they would beat the crap out of me. And, you know, and he was so mad at me at that point and the choices that he thought I was making, which weren't even as bad as what he thought, but there was no convincing him. And, um, but my mom, actually, um, she worked for Avon, she was one of the Mavon ladies, went door to door, and she put me through school. And um, she said, no, she wasn't going to. They had both gone to Catholic school, and they said, she said, no, I'm going to put her in a Christian school. And that, that's a whole, if you haven't heard my testimony, testimony or met my mom, that's a hilarious story in itself because it's like March, and um, it's the middle of the school year, and Christian schools, as, as you may know or think anyway uh you got to get accepted in there's a process you know there's an application there's got to be you know references and all these things and my mom marched me in and told this very uh he was not her match (laughs) told this man that my daughter was her daughter was going to start on monday and he was like yeah no it doesn't work like that no he will start she will start on monday um, this is where she has to be. This is her last chance. You don't understand, blah, blah, blah. And um, this was this argument that ensued. And he says, do you go to church? No, I don't. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so he sat down and it pretty much ended with, he said to me, um, would you even be willing to hear about God? And I sat there and I thought, well, I could go to juvenile detention as a runaway. That was one of my options. Or I could go to this Christian school, which was looking a whole lot better in that moment. And I said, uh, yeah, sure, I don't care. And that was my whatever. And I was at school on Monday morning. <laughs> That's my mama. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but my dad was not on board with that. In fact, um, Anytime I was a mouthy teenager, his comments were, is that what they teach? Blah, 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 belligerent, you know, blah, 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 you know. And and so it also had transpired where I had always, um, I could drink with my dad, I could smoke pot with my dad, I could do those things. He just didn't want me getting caught because he didn't want to deal with the consequences of law enforcement, right? Um, So it had kind of evolved as I kind of stuck with it through high school, and then started making these choices when I was 18, went right back, um, where he got a little excited. And then I realized I was making bad decision. And he thought, he was very angry I wouldn't drink with him. And it just a weird, like, it, it, let me just fast forward, though. Later on, though, um, my parents got divorced, and my dad did come to know the Lord. And he's amazing guy in my corner now. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to, please, if anybody's listening, <laughs> you know, bash my dad in that. It's just the process that he was in as well. Um, so even those we love, sometimes the closest to us, don't understand the choice that we've made, right? And there can be suffering in that. I wanted my dad to love me and accept me. 
Um, and I wanted him to come along with me. But he, anytime I tried to talk to him about Jesus, it was, no, we're not having that conversation. You do your God thing or whatever, but leave me out of it. You know, So that is a, a different type of suffering that we will deal with. I got to imagine for Jesus, because... You know, you and I, if someone rejects us, maybe it hurts a little or whatever, and we can let it go and we eventually get over it. I can't imagine being Jesus when someone rejects him. That's a great deep hurt, right? Um, so we can look at this and say, you know what? Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I could. You know, maybe I would deal with some of the same things that Jesus does, but never to the same degree, right? We could never say we've suffered in any way the same as him, right? Physically, emotionally, spiritually at all. But he is saying, you know what? Anything that you think that you've been through that's hard, I've been through, right? We always have, he can relate to us on that. Verse 5 says, But they shall give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For the gospel has for this purpose been preached even to those who are dead. And though they are judged in the flesh as men, they may live in the spirit according to the will of God. What's that talking about? That's another thing I was going to ask you. You were going to ask me? And then I was going to ask Susie, and then she was going to ask Jamie. And when it came back to me. What? Okay. So. So the verse before is talking about the partying people. Uh huh. Okay. And it goes on to say, but they will give account to him. Yeah. So those people that have to accept the price are going to give an account before yes. him. Right. And it's going to talk about. And, he's going to, and there's going to be a judging between the living and the dead at that point in time. Amen. Amen. So that judgment there, he, he's, he's going to talk about this a couple of times in this, in this chapter. And what he's saying is, you know, they're looking back to some of the Christians, that, people that had accepted Christ, because they're waiting for the end times to come. The end times being near, he's going to talk about that in the next verse, um, is some of them have died, and they're waiting for Jesus to come back. And so they're like, well, what happens to them? Are they now left out? And he's going, you know, you can be dead. There's two different kinds of dead, right? And, and he will go on and he'll talk about the second death. Like in Revelation 21, 8, it talks about there's the second death, right? Because when you and I die, that's not really a death, right? But we can be dead in sin and stay in, stuck in that sin because it hasn't been propitiated for us. Right. In other words, because we don't, because you don't accept not us, but because you, an unbeliever doesn't accept Jesus, they're stuck in that sin. There was no bridge that 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 fixed that for them, and so they go to hell. Right. And so he's saying there's a death that remains dead. That there's no life that comes from that. There's no eternal life. There's no, those that are dead, those that already died, don't worry about them. Their spirit is with Jesus, right? They're not stuck in death. This is, but the gospel has this purpose, has been preached even to those who are dead. Even though they are judged in the flesh as men, they may live in the spirit according to the will of God. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit. For the purpose of prayer. 
And above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. You know, there was this um, story. I'm trying to remember what it was. You know how you get that thing? It's like, uh, it was a rescue story. What was the rescue story? I'll come back to it. Um, But... There was a story that stuck out when I was reading this, and hopefully it'll jump back in my head here. But when he's talking about the end being here, near here, and he says, sound judgment, sober spirit, what are those things? What does that say to you? He's saying the end is coming, therefore be of sound judgment and sober spirit. Don't be caught drunk or unaware of your surroundings, um, my NIV is be alert and sober, of sober mind. Alert. Alert. Again, another one of those words that gives you, uh, you know, a soldier has to be alert, mm-hmm. right? So when you take up arms and you, and you are on the alert, um, a soldier can't uh, be out of their mind, right? They, they have to have sound judgment. They have that sober spirit. And he says, what is the purpose for that? So that you may pray. Pray. Why is that important? When we're talking to God. I'm talking to God. Mm-hmm. That's our connection. What's our focus supposed to be in this world, though? What's the great commandment? Bringing others to Christ. If we're living for ourselves, think back up all those verses before. If we are only living for ourselves, we're starting to, we're wanting to squish in that one last party, that one last sin, you know, and we're not living with an eternal focus. If we're not living with uh, of taking on the armor of God and having spiritual arms and being in prayer and being sober minded and with sober judgment, like he's talking about, if we don't have focus in that, we're not really caring whether or not someone is coming to the Lord, are we? Because we're so focused on us. Do you ever live like that? I, I catch myself in it all the time. It's just me, isn't it? Yeah, I knew it. It, dang it it's always just me so when you put all that together and you're looking at that and he's saying you know the purpose of this is prayer there is so much more to this life than all of that garbage and all of those distractions you know don't be caught dead in your sin be alive to christ right and so he says above all Keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Why else does he go straight into talking about others? Be hospitable to one another without complaint. Because it is so important that our focus is on Jesus and our focus is on prayer because we have a commission here in this world, right? And that commission is to reach others with the gospel. And when we are, again, self-focused, when we are not having fervent, what does fervent mean? Come on, one of you teachers, give me a, what's fervent? Focused. Focused? 
I don't know why, but to me, the word fervent kind of means hot, right? Like you are... A strong passion, right? So it it is this strong, passionate love for one another because it covers a multitude of sins. That means that I can say, you know what, Jamie? Mm, a couple things I could have put on your list today of what I thought. Mm. You might have been outside the will of God or maybe I was uncomfortable with how you handled that. But you know what? I'm going to love you anyway. I'm going to love you anyway with the love of Jesus because it is way more important than any little thing that you did, right? Right? How many of you have ever had the unfortunate um, shortcoming of thinking, no way that person will ever come to Jesus? One or two of you, right? And then have you ever, maybe it hasn't happened in your life yet, but you know of someone that said, I knew they'd never come to Jesus and they came to Jesus, right? Right? Okay, um, we have some famous examples of that. We have some that are still like Kanye West, um, still working on that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, okay, you got Jesus grow a little, but yeah. But there's somebody who said he was Jesus. He said he was God. He's got songs about that. And then he came to know the Lord. And yeah, he's got some growing to do. Right? He's come a long way, though, to get to that point that he's humbled himself and say, and said, I'm not Jesus. There is a Jesus. Right? And, and took that upon in front of the world. Guts. Guts. And we could look at him and say, I see all the ways that you are not perfect. Right? And I don't know. I don't intimately know the guy. He's not on my, you know, Rolodex. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, for... for just as an example, there's somebody that has, in the public's eye, decided, I'm going to proclaim the name of the Lord in a very worldly arena, right? The guy probably felt a little bit of suffering, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Guys probably felt a little bit of suffering. In his own family, his own wife, has probably felt a little bit of suffering, you know? Um, so... Be hospitable to one another without complaint. Anybody uh, have someone stay and then, because this is me, uh, again. The whole Bible was written for me, just so you know. Um, <laughs> it's like all, all my sins are listed in First Peter chapter 4. Um, be hospitable. So I've had people come, and, and then they left a mess, and, you know, and then you grumble about it, and da-da-da, right? Um, so be hospitable to one another without complaint. I think, you know what? God doesn't even want us to get grumbly about the little things, right? He wants us to cover a multitude of sins with love. He wants us to forget what the mess is that those people left. He wants there to be higher purpose in our life, right? We're to teach them to clean it up, though. But... <laughs> Unless you're with Jamie. Jamie will just teach them. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they need a timeout for a minute. She'll have a little talk with them. Right. Yes, that's what it is, right? They're just staying with the wrong person. <laughs>
There you go. Linda, Linda just tells them like it is. But she'll make you a taco. Mm. Linda is a taco maker. Yep. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks, let him speak. As it were the utterances of God, whoever serves, let him do so. As by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. What do you hear in those two verses? You're wanted? You're you're whining. Oh, you're whining. Uh, Whatever your gift is, you need to use it as unto the Lord. Amen. 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 If I go to work, I need to be. Yep. Doing it to the best of my ability. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Because you're not doing it for men, right? You're doing it for Jesus. And again, having that mindset of higher purpose, right? We get stuck. It's so easy. We get stuck down in the gutter, right? Where we're kind of going along with, and you know, we talked about this a couple chapters back as well. If we can get our girlfriend to go along with us when we vented to her, then we feel absolved, right? Because <laughs> she understood why I was grumpy, and she thought I was had every right to be grumpy, and so therefore it made it okay, right? Uh, what Sharon say? Oh, yeah, we've done it. We've all done it. We've all done it. But, but, but I think that Peter's calling us here to a higher, a higher ground, right? And that's where we have to challenge ourselves, higher ground. And uh, that does take focus. But there is also in that, and Sherry kind of said it, um, is that we all do have a gift, right? We all do have a purpose. And um, if you don't know your gifting, well, there's all kinds of tests out there. If you feel like you need an absolute label. Um, but my favorite quote, I use it all the time, is Jill Briscoe. And she's this really cool old English bird. And she says, uh, wherever you are, whatever, wherever your two feet are, whatever's in between, that's where your ministry's at. We don't have to figure out whether I have to the gift of teaching or speaking or what, you know what. If you're standing there and there's someone in front of you, that's your ministry. So wherever you're at in life. And, um, and so I don't think that we need to say, um, no, I can't help with that because I don't think that's exactly my gifting. Now, is there a time for that? If you really suck with money and you can't count, I probably wouldn't um, volunteer to do that. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but maybe God's calling you to step that up too. I don't know. Um, but but. He'll equip you, right? He'll equip you. Uh, but I think here again, that purpose is, is that there are people that need to be reached for Christ. We need to be focused and we need to mind our attitudes, right? My, and mind what our purpose is and our ministry and that it um, is all to glorify God. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal. Oh man, he's got to bring it back. I thought we were done with that. Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing. Now, did he write that knowing that Biden and Trump were in the middle of this? I don't know. <laughs> but here he is. He says, as though some strange thing were happening to you, especially in the state of Arizona, right? 
But we're like, what happened to our state? Right? <laughs> and, and, Mom and Dad are rolling over in their grave. Right? The, right? Right? There's, uh, it, you know what? And I'm not like somebody that wants to go beat on politics, but one of the things I had posted today was it doesn't make sense to me. It's fine if it is what it is. I believe in a fair election. But it doesn't make sense to me if a president is losing by $100,000 votes, or 100,000 votes, why the senator in the same state of the opposite party is winning. That doesn't make sense. But then people didn't vote for him. Right. And I only mean to say that because I'm a logical person, right? I'm not saying that he couldn't have won or anything like that, but that doesn't make sense, right? And so there are these strange things that are happening to us. Like it says in, in verse 12, we don't understand the trial that we're standing before, but we also don't have the whole picture, do we? We, don't, we, we have this much of whatever some dude on Fox News lets us see, right? <laughs> and he claims he's got the truth, right? But Jesus is like, oh, let me back up. There is a whole plan in place, and it doesn't matter what you're seeing in your little window right now. you got to trust me that I got this whole big picture and this whole plan, and there's nothing outside of, what, of, of his control. That takes focus, doesn't it? Yes. Because what, what do we want to do? We want to take up arms, right? But they're not arms of prayer. We want to take up arms. <laughs> Me, me and my 12 girlfriends are going to go recount the votes for you. <laughs> Step aside, sir. We have to remember who we really serve. Absolutely. That's what keeps me going. Right, right. And the, he's in control. Again, you know, I prayed about it in the beginning about Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was a total pagan, Right? Total, I could pray Biden into the, before the throne of God. You know, Nebuchadnezzar came to know the Lord in the end of all of that. Because Daniel remained faithful to God and yet respectful in the moment. That's hard. He remained respectful through it all. He gained favor with both God and men. And it changed that man's heart through God used him. And um, so you never know who's watching us. Maybe some of you in the room, you're like, Araya's, because I got her name right. Araya's like, you know, she is really judgmental about that or whatever. Maybe, I don't know if she's thinking that. Um, but in, what'd she say? She's like, you're talking to me? <laughs> what did I do? What did I do? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh. My name just got said, and I have no idea. I did that to Susie one day, poor lady. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but we have to be careful in what we're saying. It, again, let's tie it back up to those verses before. When we have a higher purpose and that it is meant to love others and bring them to Jesus, we can't hang out in the gutter and take up our arms and go to fight verbally in a gutter war right? Because you don't know who you're affecting in that, right? Um, oh, man, that was terrible, right? <laughs> What'd you say? I don't want to hear it. 
It's still going to be on. Yeah, well. I'm going to leave that. Maybe Jesus. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, hopefully he comes before then. <laughs> but um, verse 13. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. So that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exultation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. By no means let any of you suffer as a murderer or thief or evildoer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not feel ashamed but in that name, let him glorify God. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And it begins with us first. What will be the outcome for those who do not obey, obey the gospel of God? And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, let those also who suffer according to the will of God entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. That last verse, right? I, I, don't, I don't have to, you know, where he says, you know, don't suffer as a murderer. Don't take up your arms and suffer as a murderer or a thief because you stole the ballots. You know what I'm saying? Don't suffer in those things. <laughs> Suffer as a Christian. And then why? Because we entrusted our souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Faithful creator. Faithful. We did one word, faithful. We don't have to worry about anything going on around us right now. We have one focus, and that is Jesus. Right? We can talk about it. Nothing wrong with talking about it. Nothing wrong with pointing out. Now, I'm sorry you're telling me that that's the color orange, but I actually know that's not the color orange. There's nothing wrong with having conversation, but you mind your attitude with it, right? You mind, you mind your mission. You mind your ministry in the words that we have that come out of our mouth, right? Or on our Facebook, whichever it applies to. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because you know what? Second Corinthians chapter four talks about how, you know, we are crushed or we're not crushed. We're, you know, we may be perplexed, but we're not done in for, right? There's that whole, it's really, I know it's a song too, and I should know it because we sing it, but, um, but even though things may seem hard, things may feel like we're in the moments of suffering, we are never going to be in the place that we have no hope anymore. We're not. Jesus is our hope. He knows the end. He knows the end result. He went through a lot worse. And he went through a lot worse, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyone have anything to, to, to add? Because I have one really cool quote, but... Yes, Sharon. The Lord doesn't call to qualify. Amen. He qualifies those he is Amen, amen. C.S. Lewis, ridiculous guy, he has no imagination. He said, he said, why do the righteous suffer? Or somebody asked him, why do the righteous suffer? And he said, why not? They're the only ones who can take it. Uh, yes. oh, dang. <laughs> We've been
been specifically equipped in that area, right? Yeah. Mm. We've been chosen. Mm. Yep, we are with hope yeah. and faith. Anyone have any? Yeah. Our hope is built in nothing less. Oh, in Jesus' in blood Jesus and righteousness. Blood and righteousness. Yeah. Hey. Do not trust the sweetest dream. Holy, lean on Jesus' name. Nice. And it just keeps coming. That's awesome. Yourself, you know? And Pat, she can remember lyrics to songs, yeah. not like me, but. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Uh, does anyone have any questions?